0: Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your
1: automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg
2: Today with Rod McDonald.
0: And good afternoon and welcome to today's edition of SaskAg Today. Sitting in for Doug Falconer today and coming up on the program. Had a nice chat with Wade Subkowicz this morning. Wade is the executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association. We had a couple of things that we, we dealt with. First of all, the B.C. port workers dispute and the impact that's had on prairie green elevators, which really isn't a whole lot because uh, the port workers still mandated to deliver those green shipments, but it's the container shipments that were impacted the most you know, throughout this labor situation. But we'll talk about that with Wade Subcoach. And also, um, this is the final day for the 2022-2023 crop year. So we discussed what sort of a year it's been as far as green movement is concerned. So we'll get into that with Wade Subkowich coming up on the program here today. And drought situation, of course, uh, plaguing many areas, but especially over in that southwest corner of Saskatchewan and up into the uh, west central region as well. So we'll hear from some producers in that area. There was a producer's meeting held in Kindersley last week, so we'll get a... Uh, some details from that and hear from one of the farmers in that area that's severely impacted by the drought so that and also james fry from manitoba agriculture will join us on the program today parkland crop diversification foundation having their 25th annual field day coming up this week and james will have the details when and where and what will be going on with that beef and forage reports When it comes to treating sick livestock, proper injection technique is always important to make sure that animal safety, producer safety, and food quality are a top priority. Sometimes when typical drug delivery isn't possible, such as in remote locations without handling facilities, cattle producers and their veterinarians may see the need for remote drug delivery devices. However, dart guns have pros and cons and can pose a challenge. To achieving treatment best practices. The Beef Cattle Research Council has developed new resources to help beef cattle producers with decisions about when and how to use remote drug de- delivery devices like dart guns. This is Alberta veterinarian, Dr. Roy Lewis.
3: BCRC's decision tree provides guidance on whether to treat the animal And if you do, when it's appropriate to use the dart guns versus, you know, the handling facility and going to that length of effort. I know most of you might do this intuitively, you'll make that decision, but it's always good to conscientiously think about the do's and don'ts when considering using the dart gun and using it when you, you know, when is the best appropriate time to. You're, you're trying to stick to those same beef quality guidelines on injections and amount of product in one spot and all those sorts of things that we want to think about and I guess the probably the most important thing with all of these things that we treat is is having the uh, accurate diagnosis for the prudent use of antimicrobials we don't want to use them when we when we don't have to so having that diagnosis is, is super important
0: Dr. Lewis says the goal is to try and administer any treatment the same way that a producer would in a squeeze chute. He says darts are getting better at administering the product when the right length of needle is selected.
3: By proper dart selection and needle size and adhering to the right dosage, the product should be administered correctly. In reviewing the Canadian uh, sales of these darts, uh, over 95% of them are the half-inch needle for subcutaneous usheds. 3 quarter inch needles on the darts are probably what, what are going to be used in uh, to give subcutaneously in large bulls because of the thickness of their height. This tells me, really, when I look at this, that everyone is trying to give products subcutaneously, as that is what the label is stating. You are trying to do your best at, at getting it in the right spot.
0: A new five-minute video and helpful brochure for cattle producers is now available at beefresearch.ca forward slash RDD. And that is today's Beef and Forage Report. It's coming up on 1230 now, 1:30 in Manitoba. And it's time for Ag Review. It's a presentation of new era ag technologies in Swan River. x 94 Ag Review. The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency says it will make water and vacant land available to support farmers and ranchers experiencing drought conditions. The agency owns and manages agricultural lands across the province for water management purposes. Farmers and ranchers near... Water Security Agency lands are encouraged to contact the agency to see if there are any underutilized or vacant lands that can be made available. Farmers and ranchers are also not required to obtain a water rights license when hauling water from a municipal supply like an RM tank load facility. Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association Chair Keith Day says feed availability is a top priority for producers looking to maintain their herds. He says any solution that brings More feed online for livestock is welcome and this is another option for those in need both sides in the month-long bc port workers dispute are recommending members accept a tentative agreement the deal came late last night after labor minister Seamus oregan directed the canada industrial relations board to impose an agreement or a final binding arbitration if it didn't think a deal was possible In the end, the board was able to help the two sides negotiate a deal. It's not clear how soon members will vote on it. CN and CP Rail couldn't keep up the stellar performance they posted in Green Week 50. The weekly Ag Transport Coalition report indicates the two railways supplied a combined 96% of hopper cars ordered in Green Week 51, a modest decline from the 99% order fulfillment performance recorded in Green Week 50. The decline reflects slightly worse performance for both CN and CP. In supplying 98% of hopper cars ordered on time in Week 51. CN's performance slipped slightly from the 99% order fulfillment performance seen in Green Week 50. CP also saw a decline, shipping 94% of cars ordered on time compared to 99% order fulfillment in week 50. CP remains above the 90% threshold for the 15th straight week and the 18th time in the last 19 weeks. CN, meanwhile, has now had three consecutive weeks with performance at or above the 90% threshold. Canada's major railways are getting passing grades from the Western Grain Elevator Association. The 2022-2023 crop year for most crops ends today. WGEA Executive Director Wade Subkowich says CN and CP Rail have done pretty good this year providing rail service and capacity. Now, with harvest on the prairies looming, Zubkowicz says he hopes the backlog of shipments that have built up with the port workers' recent job action can be cleared up and will not impact harvest grain deliveries. Pope Francis is urging Russia to restore grain shipments from Ukraine through Black Sea ports, calling its withdrawal from a UN-brokered deal a great offense against God. During his Sunday prayers, Francis told the faithful that the cries of millions who suffer from hunger go up to the heavens. Moscow says it will restore the shipments if Western sanctions on the Russian Agricultural Bank are lifted. Farm production expenses in the U.S. jumped more than 15 percent last year. According to the USDA, nearly every segment of input costs were higher, but livestock producers bore the brunt of higher costs, mainly due to higher feed values. Feed costs in the U.S. were up 18.5 percent. Labor costs were up 9 percent. Crop farm expenses were up 12.6 percent from 2021. And Brazilian and Japanese authorities have agreed that trade bans related to outbreaks of avian influenza will only apply to municipalities where a case is detected. The announcement late last week came after Japan suspended chicken imports from two Brazilian states in recent weeks following outbreaks in backyard flocks. Brazilian authorities say in one of the states the outbreak has already been controlled. However, under Japanese protocols, it may take up to 28 days for the analysis of the relevant documentation by Japanese health authorities before exports can resume. And that's today's Review. Good afternoon, it's 1236-136 in Manitoba. I'm Rod McDonald sitting in this week for The Vacationing Doug Falconer. We'll check on today's closing livestock futures coming up next. There was a town hall meeting held in Kindersley last week to discuss the drought in the area and what supports are available to producers. Arlene Beauchelet has a ranch south of Kindersley. She says the meeting was well attended by producers and representatives from Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation, the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Farm Credit Canada, and a few RM Reeves. She notes her area has been in a drought situation for, well, the past five years and says each year is getting worse than the last. Now, because of that, sourcing feed for cattle has become more difficult and expensive. However, she's been fortunate that neighbors who are grain farmers have supplied them with feed to get them through the next few years. Now, because uh, SAS crop insurance doubled the low yield threshold for grain farmers who decide to use their crops for feed, Bochelet's concern is now a gap left by that program.
4: The crop insurance for the grain producer is short of what they need, and so then they have to be able to recover that from the, from the amount that they're charging for the feed. So even if they would like to sell us the feed, there is that gap in between there uh, that's making it hard for everybody.
0: Bochelet says it was talked about at length at that meeting, and some good ideas were brought up. The biggest takeaway for her was knowing that she's not alone in her plight.
4: It's pretty easy to sit at your property, at your ranch or farm, and um, be overcome with uh, the dread of looking out onto your property and seeing how poorly the grass is doing and how poorly the crops are doing and stuff. And when you're just at home sitting there looking at things, it, it's, it's pretty gloomy and it's pretty depressing. Um, by having that meeting, you were able to see that there are a lot of other producers in exactly the same situation and that, um, that you don't have to blame yourself about what's going on because it's something that's totally out of your control. But there are some organizations like uh, Saskatchewan Cattlemen's and Crop Insurance and whatever that came to the meeting that realized the seriousness of this and that are attempting to find some help and some solutions to get the producers, whether they be grain farmers or cattlemen, help them get through this situation.
0: Voschelay says she was pleased that producers were heard.
4: I, absolutely, we were heard. Yes, absolutely. They sincerely were listening and taking mental notes and uh, the Saskatchewan stock growers had a, the woman that's in charge of taking all down the correspondence and stuff. She was constantly writing throughout the whole meeting.
0: And Beauchelet believes there should be more town hall meetings to help producers better understand and what's happening and certainly government officials and the like.
4: I think that any time you can get producers together, even if there's only two points that come out of that meeting that are a benefit, Um, I think it's always a good thing when you can get people together in that type of a a setting where they have common goals, they have the ability to sit down with with the person next to them, have a chat and just talk about what's going on. It's always a good thing.
0: That's uh, Arlene Beauchelet has a ranch south of Kindersley in that area where it's been extremely dry, not just this year, but for the past several years. And we'll check on today's closing U.S. livestock futures. That's coming up next. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Livestock Market Conditions. October live cattle futures closed down today at 179.52, down seven cents. December live cattle 183.40, down 20 cents. September feeder cattle 249.20, up 22 cents. October feeder cattle closed at 251.02, up two cents. October lean hogs, $86 a weight. That was up 97 cents today. And December lean hogs, seventy-seven thirty, up 25 cents. Those are today's closing U.S. livestock futures. And, of course, we'll have the closing grain prices coming up oh, in about uh, eight minutes from now at 10 to 1, 10 to 2 in Manitoba. The founder of Seedhawk has developed another piece of farm equipment. Pat Beaujau says he's been working on a mobile telescoping green bin, and it's now ready for commercial sale. Sask Ag Today's chief agricultural editor, Kevin Hirsch, spoke with Bougeot at Ag in Motion, of course, held just recently near Langham.
2: We really didn't introduce it to the market till last year at the two shows here at Farm Progress and the and the AIM show. But we worked on it for a couple of years before that. We built a small 18 foot prototype to test the system, the the support system for the the two bins, how they seal together and everything. And then uh, and then yeah, and then we built a, a, a big prototype the next year, a full scale 10,000 bushel one, and it it's the one we showed last year. But this one here is fully ready for farm to use like it's uh, it's a finished product here now so yeah and so we've been at it for three or four years yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it, these things take time I guess you know and sometimes you think you can get it done quick but <laughs> I'm always an optimist but yeah so it, but it's working really good and we've got a lot of great attention at this show that's excellent so it's 10,000 bushels you, you you bring it empty to the field mobile and then you you telescope it up into a full bin that sits in the field until you can get to move that grain. That's right, yeah. it's uh, It turns into a 10,000 bushel bin in the field, but it drops down to below 17 feet for transport, so you don't have to get permits to move it. It's about the size of a big air seeder in transport. so, And it, it really uh, literally only takes 10 or 15 minutes to put it into transport and move it to the next field. So uh, we think that farmers, the, the way we're hearing them talk about it, they think they can cut back on the number of trucks they need and truckers, which are hard to find sometimes, and trucks aren't cheap either to license and everything. And maintain so. So if we. Help them get rid of that, and then get everything back to their bin yard. And a lot of guys are trying to get more grain back to the bin yard instead of leaving it in the field in a grain bag, and so, so we think this bin will help them. It's like a big surge capacity in the field, and keep the combines running, and reduce the number of trucks and manpower you need with it. So that's now you know you have competition from some of the big carts that uh, do the same thing: take them empty, uh, set them up, and, and fill them, and then un- and then uh, haul from there. Yep. What are the advantages and disadvantages? of your approach well our Probably advan- the disadvantage, I guess, first is uh, we don't have right now. We don't have an auger on this to fill it or to empty it. So, but that could come later. But right now, you bring your own augers into the field to do that. Uh, but the advantage is it's a it's a much bigger bin. It's 10,000 bushels. So we think that uh, you know that'll give you a way more buffer capacity than the, the other ones. And actually, you know, we're priced uh, pretty competitive to those. Like for the bushel capacity, we're quite a bit cheaper than. the than the than the mother bin type bins that are out there, so uh, so it has its advantages and disadvantages, like you say. But uh, but we're. Yeah, we're getting really good response at these shows and everything, so so we're pretty excited about the product. Concentrating on Western Canadian market to start, or? yeah, to start with. We've had some interest from uh, just across the border in the U.S. a little bit too, as well. So, you know, whoever comes along and wants one, we're not going to turn them down right now. But yeah, we're not going to go overseas or anything for a bit. We had some interest in Australia when they saw it here, one one company. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, no, it's mostly a Western Canada start for us and which is a great place to start anything because uh, farmers are very innovative in Western Canada and, uh, and they're willing to try new things, you know. So, so we, uh, we're in the right place for starting something new here. So as a founder of Sea and I know how old you are because we went to university together, <laughs> yeah. why do you, do you jump from one thing into something brand new? Do you ask yourself some of that some days? Well, yeah, I do, because it's working at these trade shows, it, it brings back memories of those early days at Sea and uh, and uh, and everything. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just in my blood when uh, a friend of mine, Dave Kozier, came to me with this idea that, hey, we, if we could build a telescope telescoping grain bin, I think, uh, I think it would be a good seller because people are tired of using grain bags and not getting, and, and and need so many trucks to move all their grain and if we had a bigger capacity that you could move down the road. So anyway, I thought, geez, that's a great idea. Let's work on this. And it was a challenging mechanical challenge to build two bins that you could telescope and, and still get a real good seal and everything. So we filed for a patent on that about three or four years ago, how we came up with the design, and then we got a young engineer named Trevor Phoenix involved with us, and he's he's helped us along the way on the engineering side. And then... So, we, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, I always, I'm an eternal optimist. So, I thought, oh, yeah, we'll get this figured out and then and, and get it rolling in a year or two. But it's, it's been three or four years, but I'm still having fun at it. It's, it's nice to hear farmers' comments and they, and hear how they, they, they all get a, a pretty good wow factor when they see this thing.
0: And that's Pat Beaujol, founder of Seed He spoke with Sask Ag Today's chief agricultural editor, Kevin Hirsch, at the recent Ag in Motion. It's coming up on 1249 now, 149 in Manitoba. Quick break, and then we'll check on today's closing grain prices after this. Commodities Update. Crop futures took a beating today. November canola closed at $784 a metric ton, down 25.10 from this past Friday's close. January canola, $787.70, down $24.00. September Minneapolis wheat, 8.55 and three-quarters a bushel, down 40 and a quarter. September Kansas City wheat closed today at 8.12 and three-quarters, down 43 and a half. September Chicago wheat, 6.65 and three-quarters, down 38 and a half. September corn 504 a bushel down 17 cents. September soybeans 1370 and a half down 62 and a half cents, and September oats closed up today at 436 and a quarter, up 11 and a half cents, and those are today's closing grain prices. Or welcome back to the program. I'm Rod McDonald, sitting in for Doug Faulkner this week. Both sides in the month-long B.C. port workers' labor dispute are recommending members accept a new tentative agreement. The deal came after Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan directed the Canada Industrial Relations Board to impose an agreement or final binding arbitration if it didn't think a deal was possible. The executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association, Wade Subkowicz, says it's important that a deal was reached.
1: This is a good example of, of a situation where we, we really need an alternative to strike action or work stoppage to resolve these types of disputes where they affect the supply chain and where there are, the alternatives are, are limited or absent uh, for, for moving product, grain or, or any other product. So we hope this time around there's going to be a deal.
0: Subkowicz says the impact of the job action on Prairie Green elevators was minimal
1: for bulk grain um, we we have an exemption under the canada uh, Canada labor code where uh, ju- even during a port strike uh, of the longshore sector uh, the longshore workers still have to um, uh, load uh, and unload grain vessels uh, at licensed grain terminals, and they have to uh, respect the tie-up and let go of vessels at those facilities. And that's that's something we had lobbied uh, hard for, and 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 we achieved in in the late 1990s. Um, so uh, during this time uh, where the longshore workers were on strike, we uh, we were still able to move bulk grain through uh, through the port of Vancouver. We uh, weren't able to move containers because, of course, it, 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 the, the, the longshore strike affected container movement. So grain and containers uh, uh, were halted. The bigger concern for us uh, is once product uh, starts moving and it has already been moving in other sectors, what's that going to do to the supply chain and congestion, uh, especially for bulk grain movements?
0: The 2022-2023 crop year for most crops ends today. Zubkoich says it's been a good year for green movement.
1: The railways have been been pretty good this year at providing rail service and capacity, so uh, that's that's a real positive. Um, we are finding there's still a bit of a, a disconnect between global prices and domestic prices, so that's that's something our our exporters are having to work through with their international customers. And what I mean by that is that there's there's a The the global prices are lower, relatively speaking, than what, uh, farmers in Western Canada are prepared to part their, part uh, with their grain for. So, putting those deals together can be challenging and it has been challenging this year but i mean we've been able to sell most of the crop and, and move most of it so overall it, it's been good and from a quality point of view it's been good as well so uh, i think this this year on, on most fronts has been a successful year for the grain industry
0: subcoach says the railways have done a good job of spotting hopper cars for farmers grain deliveries
1: they have and and we we give them credit for for that you know and and we we want to see more of that um, last year we saw uh, some some press releases from c n c p announcing record volumes in in specific periods of time and and we sure like to see more press releases coming out of the railways for the upcoming crop year um announcing record movements and and you know we're we're hopeful that they're going to um, they're going to make sure that there is enough capacity on for for what we need in, in grain and, and in other sectors. You know, if we can get through the backlog that was created through the port strike and other sectors here in the next couple of months, hopefully uh, that's resolved and, uh, and, and the railways are operating business as usual by the time the crop comes off.
0: Harvest is getting underway in some areas, some of those drier areas to the, the west and south of us subcoach says they expect lower volumes of grain this year
1: it's going to be lower than than what we've grown accustomed to in recent years i mean it's not going to be like the drought of 2021 of course but that that year aside uh we've been we've grown accustomed to crop sizes in the you know 70 70 plus uh um million metric tons in western canada and it, it won't be that this year it'll be uh lower. I I hesitate to put a number to it because I'm getting a variety of reports from different sources, but um, it will be be lower than that for sure.
0: With a lot of variability in crop development, many producers are saying this is going to be a long harvest. Subkoich says that's not necessarily a bad thing.
1: A drawn out harvest isn't, isn't necessarily terrible, it, it evens out the, our ability to bring in uh, grain into the elevator system off the combine, so that, that, that's a positive aspect of it I suppose um but most if not all farmers out there would say you know they they prefer to get their crop off as as, as soon as possible and 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 get that that piece of uh of the year over with uh, so that they can have certainty in in their crop quality and then they can you know deal with deliveries and, and and sales to the country elevator system or wherever they may be selling it into after that so yeah i'm i'm hearing the same thing that due to the uh, weather circumstances of the year it's it's going to be a little bit uh, of a longer timeline associated with that getting that crop off the field.
0: My guest is Wade Subkowich, Executive Director of the Western Grain Elevator Association. Finally, I asked Wade what's coming up for the association and its members.
1: We do a lot of uh, uh, policy advocacy with the federal government, so we'll we'll be looking closely at at how... uh, the government comes back after the summer recess where we'll be dealing with a new agriculture minister and a new transport minister so that'll be that'll be uh uh new we'll have well i, I suppose it's it, lawrence macaulay is uh was in that portfolio before so he has he has a lot of experience uh with agriculture so that, that's that's good um uh pablo rodriguez is is new to the transports file so you know we'll be we'll be uh, meeting with him and and uh giving him our perspective on on the rail shipper dynamic in the grain sector. And then yeah, for the upcoming year, you know, we're we're dealing with the Port of Vancouver on on anchorage management. That's that's a big issue. We're trying to make sure we have enough anchorage capacity to to uh to deal with the uh, flow of grain through terminals and and out uh, uh offshore with our to to their final destination. Uh, so that's that's a file of uh, of importance to us that we'll be working on in the upcoming year, and we'll be watching rail service and and seeing how extended inter switching rolls out, and if if uh, if it's being used actively or or if it's being used to uh, to help get better service from the primary carrier, and and not actively being used but passively being used as as, uh, as uh, competitive tension and leverage in the negotiations. So those are some of the things we'll be looking at and working on.
0: Wait, Subkowich is executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association. Farm Bulletin Board. The Parkland Crop Diversification Foundation's 25th annual field day is coming up Wednesday. Manitoba Agriculture's James Fry has the details.
5: It's going to start at 1030 and the event will be wrapped up at 2. The uh, perk is that lunch is included. Lunch will be free. Uh, we would appreciate, though, if you do plan on attending, that you would get in touch with Sarah Marzoff, and the uh, number you can reach her at is 204-773-6423. So just come prepared to uh, learn about what Parkland Crop Diversification Foundation has been doing in its small plot research this year.
0: Pride says it should be a fun day with lots of val- valuable information for producers.
5: Among other things, we're going to be talking about intercropping uh, wheat with forage legumes as a way of, um, you know, probably uh, getting uh, a jump start on some cover cropping as well as some fertility management. There, we'll also be looking at some winter wheat uh, varieties and fertility uh, management. A new crop called TEF, which is a, a new option, new forage option for the prairies, and also looking at some greenhouse gas emission. Uh, testing that is going on at the site
0: and finally fry tells us where to go for the field day
5: we're three miles south of roblin and Mm -hmm. uh, that's at road 148 north on highway 83 just half a mile west of of, uh, highway 83
0: once again the parkland crop diversification foundation 25th annual field day is coming up on wednesday that's our time now we'll close out Saskag today with GX94's Precision Weather Forecast. It's for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, and Russell regions. Severe thunderstorm watch in effect, partly sunny this afternoon, 40% chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. Wind south, southeast 15 to 30 with higher gusts at times, high 30 30% chance of evening showers or thunderstorms, wind north-northwest 10 to 20, overnight low tonight 16, sunny tomorrow, north-northwest wind 10 to 20, high near 29, tomorrow night's low 13, mostly sunny Wednesday, high 31, Thursday partly sunny 28, and partly to mainly sunny on Friday, high 26 degrees. On this hour's temperature roundup, 27 in the Paw, Swan River, Roblin, Hudson Bay, Broadview, and Mooseman, all reporting 27 degrees. 28 in Dauphin, Saskatoon, Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, and Kelvington. uh, 29 degrees in Regina. In the Yorkton-Melville region... Mainly sunny, the wind is south-southeast, 30 up to a close to 40 clicks an hour. Relative humidity, 39 percent, and our temperature is 29 degrees. And that's our time for SaskAg Today. Join me again tomorrow afternoon at 1215-115 in Manitoba. SaskAg
5: Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.